0: Protests show no signs of slowing down in China, even as observers fear how the authoritarian government of Xi Jinping may start to crack down on them. Yet Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who is usually quick to tweet his support for trendy causes, hasn't even acknowledged what's happening in the communist country.
1: The Ottawa School Board is back in the news, not for pushing mandates this time, but for hiring a staff member tasked with dealing exclusively with transgender students.
0: And a constitutional rights group is sounding the alarm over Brampton's attempt to prohibit election signs on all private property. Hello Canada, it's Tuesday, November 29th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Anthony Fury. And I'm Jasmine Moulton. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Protests continue to flare up across China unlike any seen in decades. Regular people are taking to the streets and calling for an end to COVID lockdowns and restrictions, which are unbelievably still going on. The protests began as a response to the news of people dying in a fire in the northwestern city of Urumqi after extreme lockdown measures left them unable to flee the burning building but they have since turned into all-around protests against the authoritarian regime of Chinese Communist Party leader Xi Jinping. China is notorious for cracking down on protests, and so far there have been many arrests, and authorities have forced people to delete social media images of the protests from their phones. Observers wonder what will happen next, though, as the protests don't appear to be slowing down. It hasn't gone unnoticed, though, that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and the federal Liberal Cabinet have been silent on the protests. Trudeau, who is known to tweet his support for many causes, has yet to acknowledge that these protests are even going on. Instead, the government has been focused on pitching their newly unveiled Indo-Pacific strategy, which discusses the need to pivot away from China and towards more like-minded nations, including Taiwan. Defense Minister Anita Anand, while talking about the new Indo-Pacific strategy, did say during an interview on CBC Monday that Canada does need to, quote, challenge China. Here's what that sounded like.
2: As I've said before, we are eyes wide open on China. We need to challenge China in certain areas, and we also need to cooperate in certain areas, and that's exactly the nuanced strategy that we will continue to deploy. In the military area, we are cognizant that China has undertaken some exercises which are perilous, for our RCAF pilots and crew, and in that response and respect, we have to be very careful and call out behaviour where the risk of life is clearly present. And I have done that, and we will continue to make sure uh, that all protections are in place for the RCAF, which are simply in monitoring UN sanctions under Operation NEON.
0: Jasmine, first of all, it's quite something to see these protests continuing for a number of days and to the degree that they have had the number of people pouring out onto the streets. And I'm sure these people know the potential danger they face because China generally just does not tolerate this sort of thing.
1: Exactly, Anthony. And it's one thing to protest here in a country like Canada or to our neighbors in the south but you really are putting your life on the line to a certain degree to protest these issues in China. So, those people are showing a lot of bravery. And it's been interesting to see the effectiveness of some of their tactics. For example, some of the people are just holding up blank pages of paper with nothing written on them, which is quite a loud statement in itself. They know that if they were to hold up these pieces of paper with writing on them, of course, they'd be censored. So, a blank page page says a lot more than perhaps words might.
0: Yeah, incredibly powerful stuff. Is it fair game to criticize Justin Trudeau and other politicians for not acknowledging this? We know we often hear the world is watching and refrains like that when the international community wants to say that they are paying attention to potential abuses happening around the world. Should we expect the same thing to happen here or should we understand that there's some calculated reason why Trudeau, at least so far, is remaining silent?
1: While it is fair to a certain degree to say that Canada has to be diplomatic in its dealings with large trading partners, it is fair to criticize this government that loves to virtue signal and loves to say that they stand up for human rights. But clearly, there's a lot to criticize about China, and they've been very, very silent
0: on this issue. Although it is interesting to see them speak out on the Indo-Pacific strategy quite a lot, basically signaling that they do want to drift away from China, and they have talked about the decoupling. So at least we're not in that situation where Trudeau was back to going on about admiring the basic dictatorship. Now, he does seem to recognize that uh, there's less to admire than maybe he first thought.
1: Well, hopefully so. And it is always positive to see the government trying to diversify our trading partners. I'd love to see the same thing when it comes to oil and gas. For example, we rely very heavily on our southern neighbors and can suffer greatly when they come in with policies such as under Trump or even worse, under Biden, that really cut off our trade of oil and gas with them. The Ottawa Carleton District School Board is currently in the process of hiring for a full-time position that will be exclusively devoted to engaging with transgender students. In an online job posting for, quote, trans and gender diverse student support coordinator, unquote, The board says the position requires familiarity with, quote, intersectionality, anti-oppression, and anti-racism, unquote, as well as having experience applying these frameworks in an institutional setting and or while working with children and youth. Meanwhile, a parent from the Durham District School Board reached out to True North to voice her displeasure with a book that promotes transgender issues that was being read to grade one students. The book is titled Call Me Max, and tells the story of a young girl who wants the teacher to call her a boy's name, Max, which is the start of his journey as he makes new friends and reveals his identity to his parents. The parent told True North that when she posted an informal online survey to see if parents felt this book was age-appropriate or not, 90% of respondents said no. Anthony, it seems like there's a lot going on, certainly in public schools in Canada these days, definitely in the province we're living in, in Ontario. And my question is, what say do parents have in all of this? When can they say that enough is enough? And do they have any avenues to express their displeasure?
0: Well, it's a good question because it's like every day we have a story like this. And I guess parents, they have an avenue by by speaking out. And I think one of the big narratives that that we've had over the past few months, Jasmine, here in Ontario and also in the US, because I know this has been a part of various uh, elections they've been having down there, is you want to be attentive to what's going on in the school system and you do have a right to speak out. So I think we're going to see more of that for sure.
1: And certainly parents risk being labeled With very various names, if they do speak out. But of course, this really comes down to just wanting to have those conversations with your children yourself, having a bit of parental control over very delicate topics that might come up over the course of your child's life. Of course, we don't allow children in Ontario, at least, to drink until the age of 19. You'd think that parents could have some input on some of the more important areas of their children's lives. But it seems increasingly that that's creeping into curriculums and into the realm of school boards. So we saw during the last municipal election, even some websites pop up that were helping parents to elect non-woke school board trustees. So what would you see the progress has been of that movement? Have parents been able to fight back successfully or is the woke side winning?
0: Well, I think what we saw maybe with that slate of candidates was was just a beginning of all of this, and and far from it being the end. Most of those candidates were not victorious, but it got the conversation started and got people's attention, I think, refocused on the school system. In this whole job posting of having a a full time position, focusing on on being attentive to transgender students. I mean, what is this all about? What does it speak to the priorities? And again, about this book, the whole point is it's grade one. And as the parent says to True North, is this age appropriate? And every parent she spoke to says, no, it's not about excluding or being discriminatory or hostile to anybody who says they're transgender. It's about where is this overfixation on the issue coming from and at inappropriate ages as well. And I, I think that's what we're going to see an increasing backlash against.
1: Exactly. And it would be interesting in the future, perhaps an A tip to find out what was the real demand here? Was there actually a situation that required this position or was this just a woke initiative of the school board? So certainly a story that parents will want to watch. Now over to you, Anthony, on a freedom of expression issue in Brampton, Ontario.
0: On Monday, the Canadian Constitution Foundation's litigation director, Christine Van Gein, made public a letter that her organization sent to Brampton Mayor Patrick Brown and city council expressing their concerns over a ban on election signs appearing on people's front lawns. And that was something council passed last week. Council cited persistent problems with sign tampering, costs associated with collecting signs discarded, visual clutter, distractions for drivers, and environmental reasons as justification for the signage ban. Additionally, the city wants to increase fines for those found violating bylaws pertaining to signs. Now, Van Gein argues that the proposed bylaw violates Section 2B of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which grants freedom of thought, belief, opinion, and expression, including freedom of the press and other media of communication. The Canadian Constitution Foundation says they're ready to litigate the matter if counsel doesn't drop the ban. Jasmine, I'm wondering where on earth did this come from, the city of Brampton doing this? We generally accept that we have municipal, provincial, federal elections. There will be lawn signs. That's how it works. This city wants to put an end to that.
1: This is certainly eyebrow raising. And I have to say, there are a lot of jokes on social media that Brampton is the Florida of Canada because you just hear some wacky stories coming out of that region of Ontario. And this is certainly one. But I have to say, I laughed when the government claimed that these signs were potential distractions for drivers because often when I'm driving on Ontario highways, the government of Ontario itself has put up on its banners above the highway signs that are just very distracting. They'll say, wear your seatbelt and sometimes they'll make a joke about it. But it's like, I've spent now three or four seconds reading this sign and I haven't had my eyes on the road. So there doesn't seem to be a lot of logic behind this, Anthony. And I'd be very curious as to some potential political drivers behind the decision.
0: Now, I've thought the same because some of those signs are quite long and sometimes they're like two-part or so I have to wait for the next part of the sign to load. And you really <laughs> do look at those things for for a great amount of time. They are They are not that safe indeed. And good point about Brampton causing a lot of eyebrow raising to go on uh Mayor Patrick Brown got a lot of I think positive support from some people for being the one mayor to stand up over uh to stand up in opposition to very excessive COVID rules That all ended and then he was running for the conservative leadership and there was much drama about whistleblowers at City Hall making allegations against what was going on there. And and it really has just been a mess in terms of the degree that uh, the city of Brampton municipally has sort of an outsized uh, prominence in, in, in some national news coverage.
1: That's exactly right, Anthony. But this is pretty basic. I mean, election signs are democracy 101, certainly in this country. So that seems like a pretty far length to go even for the Brampton mayor. But I really respect and admire the work of the Canadian Constitution Foundation. So it will be interesting to see if this does actually lead to litigation.
0: That's it for today, and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.